Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. This is the sermon from Christmas Eve by the Reverend Phil Brochard as he preached from the lectionary, which was Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. As always, you can find more sermons or information about All Souls at our homepage, which is allsoulsparish.org. Hope to see you around sometime. unexpected rabbit hole this past week. And it all started with a conversation about a, uh, a Christmas tree topper. You know, those are the items that you uh, put on top of your Christmas tree. And, um, and I'm going to do a, just a quick bit of market research right now, if you don't mind. Uh, some people do a star. Some people do a, a snowflake. And others do an angel. And so just quickly here. Um, if you're one of those families that puts a star on the top of your Christmas tree, if you could just raise a hand and see if there's stars out there. Okay, good. Uh, and this got me in trouble at the 8 o'clock service when I asked if there were any snowflakes, uh, which in Berkeley, you know, is it's just a touchy uh, question. But anybody put a snowflake on top of your Christmas tree? No snowflakes. Curious. Um, how about an angel? Does anybody put an angel? Okay. So this is a big angel crowd. This is good. Uh, because, um, well, you'll hear more about angels. But um, for us in our house, we are a star household. Uh, and we have this, um, well, it's a red felt and glitter glue uh, star that is definitely the worst for the wear. It was intended to be a temporary thing made by our toddlers many years ago. And so this year we were on the hunt for a new one. And um, that was fine until a friend led me down a rabbit hole, uh, the rabbit hole of angel tree toppers. Now, when you think of an angel Christmas tree topper, you might be thinking of one kind of like, uh, well, this one right there. Um, that's, a, I think, a, a pretty classic one. Um, if you peruse most Christmas shops or websites, you'll find one like this, curly-haired, rosy-cheeked, uh, European-looking. Um, not, that's not too much of a surprise, as uh, this image of angels has been portrayed just like this in European art for centuries, and those depictions have dominated our notion of what something that is angelic might look like. So then, though, I found a whole new genre that some of you may be familiar with. I was not, which is the genre of biblically realistic angel Christmas tree toppers. And, uh, and to be clear, um, none of these angels look anything like a sweet toddler. Um, and so just a, a trigger warning for people who have problems with uh, eyes because they look more like this. So that's a biblically realistic uh, angel Christmas tree topper, um, professionally done, of course. Uh, you'll see this one looks more like what you'll find in, say, the book of the prophet Ezekiel. Uh, for those who don't have Ezekiel's vision fresh in your mind, um, it involves lots of wings, you know, wings to cover the eyes and the feet and this way and that way, 
and uh, lots and lots of eyes. So in the center there, you'll see lots of eyes, including that, that center eye. Um, so many eyes on Ezekiel's angels that sometimes people make, uh, well, a different kind of tree topper that you'll see right here, like that. Um, convenient, it's got a, a little brass post you can place right on your Christmas tree. Um, so you got the wings there in the center, you've got that eyeball, and uh, it's kind of impressive, I think. Uh, but what you'll see around it there is something very biblically accurate, which is a wheel of eyes. Uh, so in case you're looking for something with a wheel of eyes, this is the one for you. Um, but a DIY approach might look more something like, well, this one, <laughs> which is actually my favorite because I could see that on my Christmas tree. Um, so you got the feathers there for the wings and then the um, kind of the crossing there is wheels of many, many googly eyes. Um, and uh, so you may be asking yourself a question. Why? Why was I so drawn to this rabbit hole? And I think it's actually for a couple of reasons. Um, one is a danger that I think pervades the Christmas season. And the other is because of the moment that we find ourselves in right now. So the danger, the danger that I feel every time we get close to Christmas, um, and sometimes this is, I feel this in December, sometimes I feel this around Thanksgiving, sometimes this feeling uh, comes up just past Halloween when the first uh, Christmas ornaments come out. And it comes from what I feel like is this tide of sentimentality that just pulls the, the kind of cultural sand out from under our feet. And I, I find it to be dangerous because when we fall prey to it, we're falling prey to these, um, this pull towards these warm and familiar feelings. And if we're not careful, it acts as a kind of cultural anesthesia. And it's an anesthesia that it's like, it just feels like we can just curl up while those chestnuts roast on an open fire after we've been walking in that winter wonderland and like who doesn't want that warm, safe feeling? The problem with sentimentality is that it feels good to have those stockings hung by the chimney with care but sentimentality doesn't take in or have room for the pain and the loss and the fear of life. It just kind of uh, neatly pushes aside all those hard feelings. Nothing to see here. It's like those uh, rosy-cheeked tree toppers when we get pulled in by the sentimentality of the season, it's very easy to pretend as if life and as if Christmas were safe. And in the process, we lose something really, really important, which is the ability to encounter real life 
when it challenges us, which it will. Instead, as we've come to this holy night, I want to invite all of us to enter into this uh, frightening and hopeful story. And by doing this, I want us to be able to trust God with our reality that life is not always safe. Because this is the kind of year when we need to be able to trust God with this thing we call life. I have the sense that many of us are feeling uh, feelings right now, uh, like confusion, maybe uncertainty, and possibly some fear. And those feelings are real. And even though we might uh, see a light on the horizon because of medical advances like those Pfizer and Merck antiviral pills, right now with caseloads rising, it feels as if we have been engulfed in shadow. For many, relationships are being pressed to their breaking point and sometimes past it. We aren't sure what the next day will bring, let alone what next year will be like. And so for me, the entry point this year in this age-old story uh, didn't come on the road to Bethlehem or in the manger with Mary and Joseph. But I entered this story this year outside of that village, out in those hills, deep in the night. I want to be clear that it's not the night that was frightening for those sheep herders as they were watching out for predators, that the nighttime was familiar to them. No, the terror came when that darkness was pierced was shattered by light. And an angel came. And lots of them. So, here you'll see a text that, I th or a, a, an image that I think gets at what the text is telling us. Uh, and if an angel looks anything like what is described in other biblical texts, I can understand why those shepherds were terrified. But even if the angels didn't have wheels of eyes, entering into this painting, I can understand their fear. On the lower right side there, you'll see the, uh, the shepherds. There's a fire lit beneath them. And on the left side there, those are the immense columns of light of angels. And so looking at this painting, I can, I can understand the shepherd's fear. They were uh, sheep herders just attempting to make it through another night safely with their sheep, sleeping out in the open when they are faced with a reality that is far, far beyond their control. This happens all the time in this gospel. This is, <laughs> this is only the second chapter, and it's the third time in this gospel when 
an angel has spoken and has to begin with the words, do not be afraid. And I think that's part of why I was drawn into this rabbit hole this week. Because the fear that those shepherds felt that night is uh, palpably familiar to me right now. As we wait for the wave to crash down, not knowing what the next days or weeks will bring, this story rings even more true. And I also think that this scene in the hills has been an entry point for me this year because of what that messenger of God told those faithful shepherds. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you, this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. And something about that news, I'm sure they still had fear. I'm sure their hearts were beating so loudly they could almost not hear. But something about hearing that changes things. Because they have been given the message that in one of the most out-of-the-way, unlikely places, right where they live, the chosen one has been born. And that God will be present with them to deliver them, to heal them, and to be with them forever. And so in, a, in an act of great courage, they go into Bethlehem, they find the stable, and those sheep herders find just what those terrifying messengers had promised. A baby in a feeding trough, wrapped in cloth. And so when they returned to those hills, they told everyone they found what God had done. And that's the other part of the story that I find so remarkable that the shepherds, after encountering this incredible message, go back to their everyday lives. But when they do this, they go back changed. And that's the thing about a night like this night, especially right now. Because it's not just about the tree and the carols and the candlelight. This night is not for this moment alone. We come to Christmas every year to hear this good news of great joy because we need to remember that to you, to me, is born a Savior, the Christ, God with us. And we have to come to this good news over and over and over again because for generation after generation, even when we have been in the deepest of shadow, we have found this news to be trustworthy and true. That this force, this being, all that is, is with us 
now and forever. No matter what happens, tomorrow, the next day, or the days that come, we have come to this holy night to place our trust and a joy that can encompass all of our fear and our pain and our doubt. That come what may, God has become human. And so we will never be alone.